there. Welcome to another episode of Mission Audition. I'm Stephanie Cicerelli, co-founder of Voices.com, and I'm joined by Juliana Lance. Hi, everyone. And today we're going to be talking about commercials. This is an area that I know everybody's super interested in. Commercials are rolling out all over the place, be it broadcast on radio, television, or even online. There's so much going on, such a rich area for us to talk about today. But what is even more fun is that we have got Eric Wibblesman on the line. So Eric, welcome to the show. Hey guys, thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here. That is awesome. So we know you a bit here, Eric, but of course our audience may not yet know you. So do you mind just telling us a little bit more about your background and, and how you got into commercial voiceover? Sure. First, uh, the earth cooled. And then the dinosaurs came. Oh, wait, that's probably too much backstory, right? Fast forward a couple of years. <laughs> uh, I started about uh, 11 years ago. And it was one of those situations where I just heard about a million times, you've got a great voice. You should do voiceover. And I never really considered it. Uh, but once I started taking instruction and met a lot of people in the business, I was really just hooked right away. And I've been doing it ever since, and I love every minute of my work. I hear that story so often from talent, or they're like, I had somebody tell me I had a good voice, and I never thought of that before. And now I'm working full-time as a voiceover actor from my home in my pajamas. What? That's amazing. Exactly. It's good industry. Yeah. So at some point in your life, you, you probably realized commercials were your thing. Uh, but that said, I know you've studied with a lot of heavyweights. So do you mind telling us a bit about the people who've been coaching you over time and, and how that has helped you in this field? Oh, absolutely. When I first started out, I started with Lee Gilbert out here in Los Angeles. Uh, she used to be an agent at ICM and William Morris back in the day. So she really had that sort of background to bring to coaching from the agent side, which was crucial. And then uh, Rick Wasserman, amazing guy from Bookable VO. He, uh, until very recently, was the voice of the AMC network. And with commercial, he was just uh, invaluable. Uh, Mary Lynn Wisner here in Los Angeles also from Voices Voice Casting. Uh, so they all have their own flavor and way of bringing their process and their idea to your voice. So it really makes it personal. Do you have any standout advice that you got that really helped you in your career from your coaches? Yeah, be yourself. I mean, first and foremost, people try to put on some little something extra and nobody else can sound exactly like you. We all have unique individual voices. So if you're just different versions of yourself, I think that's where you really dial in your reads. I can be more empathetic in my own voice. I don't have to be empathetic sounding like, you know, the guy on the insurance commercials. So mm -hmm. if you find your own voice and your own uh, adjustments within your own voice, I think that's the most valuable thing you can use. Your tool is your own and nobody else can do it the way you do it. <laughs> yeah, there's a project for every voice out there, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, too many times I hear people want to hear that uh, Morgan Freeman sound or Sam Elliott. And it's not that you're trying to emulate them or do a, an impression. You're just trying to do your style of that style. So I always try to take that with a grain of salt and just do it the way I would do it in that style. And if they like you, they'll book you. And if they like you, they'll book you. And if they don't, exactly. next audition. And then you can recreate yeah. that. I <laughs> yeah, can't recreate exactly. uh, an impression of somebody else. And if they want that person, they should 
just hire them in the first place. Go hire them, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Well, today we're going to be listening to a bunch of auditions from people reading in commercial uh, style. So uh, as you've noted here, I think it's really important that that the voice that people are going to hire is one that they can relate to, one that does not sound like, you know, Morgan Freeman, and that person clearly isn't Morgan Freeman. Uh, We want to be listening for that in these auditions. So as we do every week, we're going to listen to a number of auditions. We're going to take time in between. We're going to see, you know, what what was really awesome about this one and what might someone want to try in a future audition if if they could do a take two. So we'll be listening to lots of auditions and they will be all kinds of different reads. Uh, And, you know, and every time on this show, every single time, what we want to do is just give you the best feedback possible. We come from this in a position of wanting to help you to grow as an artist, but also uh, wanting you to hear those things that you won't normally hear, you know, from your family, friends, those who don't want to tell you the truth. Uh, we are here to help you make your next read really awesome. And that's really what this podcast is about, isn't it, Juliana? There's nothing wrong with not knowing. And we're here to help you understand so you can improve and book those projects. Because we care about you. Yeah, we want you to succeed. So uh, let's talk about the uh, the audition that we're going to listen to. So first of all, this is in a really neat market. If you have a dog, you're going to love this one. Uh, so essentially what this spot is, it's nature's special menu, all natural dog food. So essentially a new doggy food to the market that appeals to those who consider their pets to be more like children, I would say. Um, and so anyway, the dog lovers will spare no expense for the well-being of these pets. And they consider high-end food a must-have, not a should-have or maybe could have uh, for those pets to ensure their longevity and enjoyment of their lives. So anyway, um, that's what we're looking at. That's what the talent's got to step into. Juliana, do you mind sharing a bit more about what the vocal direction is and and what uh, we're looking for in this specific job? Yeah, of course. So the right voice for this campaign is one that will help dog food lovers feel open to introducing a new dog food into their pet's diet. Uh, The voice should be girl guy next door that can convince these pet lovers to switch food for the sake of their pet's health. Uh, The voice should feel like a friendly testimonial about an awesome new alternative. Uh, We want someone who's upbeat and energetic. Yeah, and this is for radio. So we're looking at a radio spot, uh, a general U.S. American accent. Uh, You know, if one could say there was such a thing, it's that general sound. Uh, But yeah, let's see what we've got. So can we roll the first one, please? We feed our Rufus, nature's special menu, all-natural dog food. With no artificial colors or flavors, I know that we're treating him as well as he treats us. Nature's special menu, all-natural dog food, found in your major department store. All right, Eric, what do you think? Okay, well, uh, first of all, he's got a nice voice for the product. Um, I would say the first thing that caught me is that it felt a bit like he was yelling at me instead of telling me about the product. I think a lot of times people feel like they need to push and overdo it on uh, radio spots. Although we don't have picture where the voice is just supporting the picture, like in a TV or internet spot, we know we need to give a little more on a radio audition. But if you go too far, it feels like if I was driving in the car listening to that and all of a sudden somebody's yelling at me about pet products... It would be a little jarring. Yeah, kind of like when you're watching TV online and then an internet commercial comes up and it's five times louder than the rest of it. And you're like, oh, goodness, what is this? And you don't even want to listen anymore. A little normalization here, uh, bringing the audio down overall would really help this read. It would also be nice to have just a little bit 
more inflection, a little more change in the read. It's kind of felt like it's stuck in one feel all the way through. Are there any things that you do when you're recording to help you stay out of that kind of a uh, repetition? Absolutely. Great question. My main thing is I'm trying to talk to somebody. Whenever you're doing a spot, or at least whenever I am, I'm trying to picture one person that I'm talking to about this product, especially something like this that you could be talking to your buddy about or your coworker or a family member and telling them how great this product is. So by doing that, you are able to connect with that end listener, that uh, consumer a lot better. So I believe that that takes the, uh, puts the personal, personality into it. Uh, so with that being said, I would just say to not read the copy off the sheet, but talk to somebody. One trick I like to use is, you know, we're not ever trying to sell something. I mean, we are at the end of the day, but one of my coaches taught me that you're trying to sell the feeling that the product or the show is going to give you. Uh, if I was reading for a luxury car, it's not really about selling that luxury car. It's about selling the feeling you're going to get when you're driving that luxury car. And I think if you're the listener in your car listening to this radio spot or watching a TV spot, any commercial spot, you want to feel like you're being connected with by that person who is trying to sell you that emotion, not just try to sell you on a product or a TV show or whatever it may be. That emotion is what we want to connect with as humans. At least that's what I think. All right, Eric, you come across a lot of commercial copies, so uh, no doubt brand names are peppered in all over the place. Oh, yeah. uh, in this particular spot, we've got a, uh, the brand name is mentioned twice. So um, given that we have two mentions and they're at opposite ends of the script, it appears, how should a talent approach that? Uh, you know, do you have any best practices for, for how to say the brand name if it's mentioned a number of times, how to differentiate? Yes, I do. And I think it's smart that they give it to you at the beginning and the end. You're setting it up and then you're solidifying it at the end. If I were reading that spot, I would be more concerned about how I was reading the first line, first read in, and not so much about hitting that brand name so hard. I want to catch the listener's ear and they're going to know it's some sort of dog food. But when we get to the end, that's where we need to remind them, okay, what have I been listening to? It's an ad about dog food. What dog food? Oh, there it is. They're not necessarily going to remember that very first thing they heard. They just need that to hook them into the commercial. Then it's like the tag at the end of a, you know, a car commercial on TV or on the radio. They're going to put that logo at the end and go, oh, that's what this great car is. It's such and such a brand. So I would say don't throw it away at the beginning, but you don't need to hit it so hard. At the end, you want to kind of put it in a air quotes or what I call billboarding, where you put your hands up in the air and say, product name. Put the logo <laughs> up. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for that. We, we all see that it's in lights. It's all in lights now. That's great. That's a good way to look at it. It's all in lights. Mm -hmm. Great. So let's move on to our second audition. Nature's special menu, all-natural dog food, is a new-to-market pet food that appeals to those who consider their pet to be one of the family. These dog lovers will spare no expense for the well-being of their pet 
and consider High End Food a must-have to ensure the health and longevity of their beloved dog. I think that 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 is interesting because that wasn't the the script. No, (laughs) it wasn't the script. Uh, This is the description. Yes. Sorry. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, that happened to me once early in my career. The copy and the specs, I was a newbie and I'll admit it, I did that same thing. Make sure you're not reading the specs. You should be able to tell that that isn't the copy. So Mm. it happens, but really be sure you're reading the the product copy. Right. I'd love to have heard his actual audition because this voice print is really good. His voice age and style is really good for the product. And I think for the demographic, for the audience that he'd be reaching out to, it might have been a little overdone, but he was on the right track, I think. Uh, His audio quality was really good. Maybe just try a little less and just again, like you're talking to a friend. I know we hear that all the time in the business, but it's so true. You just want to have that conversational style to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I really did like his read. And when I realized, oh my, that's not the script, it was kind of like, oh no, like, of course, we want to hear what that is. But something um, aside, you know, all, all the artistic stuff aside, if you don't follow the instructions in someone's job posting, then that gives them permission to say next, you know, even if you're really great, you know, it, they're, they have a mandate, they've got to find someone who can do exactly what they've asked for. And in this case, unfortunately, uh, as wonderful as that voice artist is, someone may not have the time to go back and ask him to try again. Exactly. And on that point, I know casting directors that I've worked with, they will show you how quickly they go through auditions. And it could be two or three seconds. And if they don't hear something they like, it's great if you wow them 20 seconds into the audition, but it's no good if they never get to it. So in this case, the guy sounded great, but they're going to hear right off the bat that he didn't read the copy. So they're going to throw that out. And it's too bad because he might have been competitive. Yeah, that's a a piece of advice we find ourselves giving quite often to talent uh, that you need to hit with lots of energy right out of the gate. Because if you wait to give it to them 20 seconds in, like you said, you've already lost them. And when people realize that you've only got three seconds, it, oh, okay, no problem. I can do that. And it could be as simple as changing the cadence to something that somebody might not normally do. Mm -hmm. So you take those first few words of that very important first line. I mean, the first line of any spot is the most crucial. And then the second most is the, the end tag or the product tag. So we want to make sure that we catch them from the very beginning. And you could do that in subtle ways. You don't have to yell. You don't have to be overly excited if the copy doesn't call for it. But something that just makes you stand out a little bit. But it's still you. It's tough to do. So let's say the first sentence uh, is, this is the greatest dog food I've ever had. had. (laughs) That would be bad. (laughs) This is the greatest dog food my dog has ever had. You could just change small things like, this is the best dog food my dog has ever had. This is the best dog food my dog has ever had. I mean, slight subtle things like that. Because 99 out of 100 people are probably going to look at that copy and read it roughly the same way. If you pause in a place that somebody else might not pause in, it'll catch the ear of the casting director or the client. 
to add to that, it's about making choices, right? Like what you described there, Eric, is about making a choice. This isn't just something that happens. Like you can be strategic about a pause or you can be strategic about the inflection that you're using as well. Oh, it's well thought out in advance. You don't want to just go and pick that copy up and cold read it. I mean, if you have to and there's a particular situation that calls for it, I mean, if you're a professional, you can handle it. But all of these ideas are thought out. You take a look at the copy, you break it down. I mean, we could do several podcast episodes on just uh, <laughs> how to break down the, uh, the copy. But uh, yeah, those little things are all worked on in advance. Do you print your script out and mark it up? Or do you just go through it in your head and know where you want to pause? It depends. In my booth, I have a second screen that I read off of, and I'm able to mark my copy electronically. So, yes, depending on the script, if I really need to mark it up or I'm doing a live session where I might need to mark it up on the go, then I will print it out and get my markers ready and adjust. But you can do that with pretty much uh, any copy on your screen now. Wow, you said markers. Like, like plural. So yeah. do you have different colors? Like, what are you doing? Different oh, yeah. I got a whole color palette. So if I'm doing a commercial spot that has various people reading at the same time, I'm going to highlight mine in a certain color, some of the other characters in different colors, alt lines in a different color. So it just helps my eyes go where they need to go and not have to navigate that on the fly, especially if you're on a live session. Organization is key. Oh, it's, totally. it's yep. maybe the biggest key. Well, that's a takeaway. I hope you're all writing it down. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Perfect. Well, okay. Get your now markers that we, out. Write yes, it down. Yes, get every marker you have. Get it out now. <laughs> okay, now we're going to move on to our next audition. Let's hear it. We feed our Ruffles, Natural's special menu, all-natural dog food. With no artificial colors or flavors, I know that we're treating him as well as he treats us. Nature's special menu, all-natural dog food found in your major department stores. Oh, okay. Okay. So this dog, his name is Rufus. Not <laughs> but Ruffles. this dog. Are right. you sure? <laughs> I was getting hungry. I wanted potato <laughs> chips. I'm sorry. But it was just like, that's that's what stuck out to me immediately. Um, and I, I know that sometimes people will do this strategically to say, oh, well, I'm going to change up the name. I'm going to like do this in case someone steals my audio. But like, I'm not thinking about that dog food anymore, guys. I, I'm going to go get a bag of chips after work. Mistakes in the copy make a client think that you won't follow the instructions when they hire them. It's a poor choice. Yeah, it's a poor choice. Uh, he, if he made the mistake, he should have just gone back and fixed it. If he did it on purpose, there's one thing about changing copy. You just never do that. Unless they say, we want you to ad lib. Most of the time they don't. And writers have really worked a long time on these scripts and they don't want you messing with them. Every once in a while, I have heard that some clients do like lead-ins if they're very short and to the point because it can catch the ear of the casting director. But that really is on a case-by-case -case basis. In this case, the audio quality wasn't very good. He could really uh, improve that. Yeah. yeah, and that's a killer on online casting. If you don't have professional quality audio, a client's going to move on to the next person who's easier to work with. And you know, these days, it's not that hard. There are mm -hmm. so many good setups you can put together, great mics. In my old days, I converted my walk-in closet into a sound booth. And you don't have to be a studio engineer to do it. You just dampen things a little bit. There are online resources that'll help you. 
So there's just ways to get that audio quality much better, and you have to to become competitive. Yeah. So, Eric, you mentioned that in some cases, and of course a case-by-case basis, that a lead-in may be acceptable. Can you describe what a lead-in is? Yeah. So it's just a very short front tag that sort of kind of it gives you a little bit of a running start. And what it does is if you know or think that the casting director is okay with those, it sets your audition apart. In other words, they keep hearing my dog Rufus, my dog Rufus again and again, three, four hundred times. And if you say, you know, I remember the time my dog Rufus, their ear is just going to have to stop and hear that because they're not hearing the same thing over and over and over again. So you're not changing their copy. You're just adding a very, very small lead in to the beginning. A lot of times it could be something as simple as, for instance, just something real simple to get you in. When it comes to lead-ins, you have to know your audience. And a lot of the times these auditions aren't just being listened to by the client who's on Voices.com. They're being listened to by clients outside of Voices.com. So you're taking a risk and sometimes it's a risk that will pay off. Sometimes it's a risk that will, you know, not get your audition passed along. And so there's, there's that. But then there's also, did you set it up properly? You know, did your lead-in set the tone the way that the client would have wanted you to set the tone. So again, if it's something where you know what you're doing and you're good at it, I totally agree with Eric. It can be a great way to set yourself apart. Maybe if you're a little bit newer, hold off until you have that kind of experience under your belt, but definitely something to aim for for when you've been doing this for as long and as well as Eric has. Yeah, you have to be very selective. Uh, It's not for every time, but I'll tell you, it does work quite a bit. Again, it has to be very to the point. Mm-hmm. And like you just mentioned, it does have to fit with the copy. Yeah. 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 So, Eric, just one question, because I'm sure that you're doing, um, you know, in-person auditions as well as the online. Oh, yeah. Would you say that that tactic, the the lead-in, is more effective in the in-person, I'm in the studio, a casting director's right beside me world than it is online? No, it's more important online. Oh, why would you say that? Because... In person, the casting director is already getting a little bit more of a feel of your personality. Uh, They can have you do it different ways. Online, you're getting one shot, maybe a couple of seconds. Like I just did an in-person audition, and they had me run it a few different ways. So I was able to run it with a couple different directions. And then on my third one, they let me do a lead-in. And I chose to take a nice small lead in and do that, and it worked great. But online, it's a little tougher. Uh, You just really have to feel it out. That only comes with experience. Now, we at the beginning mentioned audio quality. What did you hear in his audio? Hollow. So the two biggest problems, well, the three biggest problems are microphone quality, reflection, and the box sound, or what we call the hollow sound. So just going into your walk-in closet... And recording in there isn't good enough because you need dampening material. You need things in there to soak up the sound, get that room very dead so you don't have any hollow sound or reflection. So if you're reading up against a wall, that sound is going to hit that wall and come back to your microphone and it's going to sound a little bit like you're reading in a bathroom. So it's crucial to get rid of the reflection and those hollow boxy sounds. And again, you can go online, lots of resources on how to DIY your closet or your space. 
using egg crate foam. You can get professional foam, uh, things like moving blankets. I mean, there's lots of different things you could do. Yeah, if you've got lots of clothes like myself, they also work well. Actually, <laughs> <Sort of> sound. <laughs> that's a great point. All that helps. Yeah, we're minimizing hard surfaces. That's what yeah. we're trying to say. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to run out and buy a several thousand dollar booth to begin with. It really helps later on down the line when you're doing voiceover 10 hours a day. But mm-hmm. it's uh, it's not something you have to have. All right, cool. Do you want to listen to the next one? Of yeah. course. We feed our Rufus nature's special menu all-natural dog food. With no artificials or flavors, I know that we are treating him as well as he treats us. Nature's special menu all-natural dog food. Found in your major department store. That's very nice. Ooh. Yeah. So he was nice and relaxed. Audio quality is good. He uh, connected pretty well with the listeners, I think. He's got the right voice style, the right voice print for the product. He didn't sound like he was pushing too hard. And it is radio. So we do want a little more than if you're just reading to support picture for TV or internet. So this was uh, is really good. He stumbled just a little bit on the copy. Uh, if I were going to be picky, I would have gone back and fixed that because he said, I think, artificials. And mm-hmm. it wasn't quite right to the actual copy. But other than that, it felt really uh, smooth. Really good. Yeah, I think that's a, it feels like a good example. Like a, a previous audition, we had said he took it a little bit too far over the line, and yeah. it feels like this gentleman was perfect on the line. Yeah, mm-hmm. he didn't underdo it. He didn't sound bored. It was nice and pleasant, like he was talking to his buddy. Talking to a friend, yeah. yeah. And that's how that works. Yeah, if I could, Eric, can you explain to us what a voice print is? You've said it a number of times, and for some of us that, that may not know what that is, uh, you know, it could use a little elaboration. Is it is it more than just what a voice sounds like? Is it the physical properties or the tone? Uh, help us out here. Yeah, I think it's tone and resonance. It's just your natural voice. It's not something you're going to want to go and play with. But a voice print, I just mean his particular voice falls within a range that sounds like he's probably 20s to 30s. Again, like your next door neighbor, buddy. So that particular sound, just his voice print, meaning his voice uh, quality versus somebody who's got like a real rough, gritty you know, whiskey voice that would read for a truck commercial. That's a different voice print. For this product, that truck commercial guy would seem out of place. His voice print, his natural voice sound, meaning his age, the grit or cleanliness, or just how his uh, cadence is, wouldn't fit. This guy's voice wouldn't be great for a you know, monster truck spot. So that's what I mean by voice print. It's just uh, your natural voice style, cadence, age, and how well you fit the product you're reading for. So is that something that a listener here could figure out on their own? Or, or how does someone map out what their voice print is? Yeah, it, it helps when you get coaches pointing in that right direction. For commercial, I always thought I had a deeper voice. And I do have some deep timbre, but I also sound younger when I just read naturally. So I sound younger than I am, which is a good thing. (laughs) Gives you longevity in the business. But one thing I didn't know is that I also read much younger, better than I thought I did. And it took a coach telling me, uh, it was for promo work actually. And I was able to read things for Nickelodeon, Nick Jr. and really sell that 
18 to 22 sort of range or even a little younger that they use on those stations. So it helped getting guidance from my coaches. Wow. Well, don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but can you show us what that sounds like? Because we're hearing you now throughout the duration of the show at regular Eric age voice. (laughs) Um, What does 18 to 22 year old Eric sound like? Because obviously your voice print can afford that. So just give us a taste of what our listeners might be able to do if they can tap into that same kind of, uh, of way of finding the younger voice in their own head. Well, for me, it's a little more excitability. So everything from the animated pieces that I've done to uh, products that are kids' products, you just get a little more excited. You go up a little more into your head voice, and that excitability really makes it come out. So I did a a spot for, what was it for? It was for Fisher-Price. So you get up there and do something like this. The all-new Thomas the Train Shark set. I've seen that one! (laughs) Good job! Good job! (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wait, what was it called? It was was so long ago, but uh, yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, no, that's great. Actually, I have heard your work. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's just those subtle things, but you learn how to play with your voice. You learn how to get a little deeper, but still sound like you. Or get a little higher, younger but still sound like you. Now that sounds a little more put on, but for the product, that made sense. That was awesome. I can totally see why you would have booked Fisher Price with that. Again, I, it's so much fun watching voice actors put on their face. Yeah, you have to uh, switch gears really fast sometimes. And it's just practice. You do it over and over and over again. And you try different styles. It's just exposure, just like if you were learning how to play piano. It's just going to take time doing it over and over again and trying... Uh, different styles of music to be able to play rock and pop and R&B, just like it is with a voice actor trying to read commercial, uh, but read the lower tone or the higher tone. Yeah, I could see that taking some muscle memory too. So when I pick any script, I'm picking a physical, actual person that I know that I'm talking to. So in this case, when I'm reading something like Thomas the Train, I'm talking to my niece and nephew. They're four and two. So this is the type of thing I'm going to talk to them in a particular way versus if I was talking to a teenager or an adult. So I want to get them excited. I'm like, oh, the all new Thomas the Train Shark Escape set. I'm not going to talk to an adult like that. I mean, the audience for that is also partly the mothers and fathers of the kids, but the kids want to get excited about. So you do need to connect with them. Yeah, the authenticity is important. that's a good word. Okay, so I think we have one more audition to go. Two? Two. Two. Two Two more. So prime your ears, everybody. Here we go. We feed our Rufus nature's special menu all-natural dog food with no artificial colors or flavors. I know that we're treating him as well as he treats us. Nature's special menu all-natural dog food found in your major department store. Yep, I've heard that read before. Yeah. What what does it feel like or smell like? What does that read? It's just too much. A lot of new voice actors and actresses fall into this. They try to overdo it. They try to really massage the copy when it doesn't need it. This was just a little too much what I call roller coaster. It's that once upon a time, up and down, it just keeps moving up and down. And It doesn't need to be that way. Again, conversational would do a lot better for a spot like this. 
The quality, too, was a little bit hollow. So we're back to that. Adjust your uh, space or booth to really make sure that quality is the best it can be. I would just say this actress has a good voice. It's just a matter of how it was delivered. This sounds like it was really being delivered in a overly commercial manner, like that announcer mm-hmm. manner. Salesy. Yeah, and we just want it to be a little less. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if you were that director in the booth, you would ask her to pull back. But what does that look like, though? Like, Because we know that a performance that has gone overboard is a lot easier to finesse and refine than someone who isn't quite giving you very much at all to work with, right? Yeah. So, so how could you help someone who is eager and new to the business to know if they've stepped over that line and how they can pull themselves back? Yeah, it's really just telling them to take it back a notch. I mean, it's great that they have the energy and they're trying to infuse their ideas about the product or the show. It sounds like she really was into the product, but it comes across as a little fake when you put it on. When you put on too much, all of a sudden, as the listener, I'm not sold. I would rather have it be that kind of connection that's just a friendly connection. So to tell somebody to dial it down, it's just, okay, that's great. Now give me something where you're coming back to it again, just talking to a friend. Do you um, have a process for when you're, you've recorded an online casting audition? Do you listen to it? Do you listen to it twice? Do you walk away, then come back? Like, what do you do to make sure that you're giving authentic reads? Well, I do a process before I read. So I will take a look at all the specs, make sure I fit the specs. And that's a whole nother story too. But I will go through reading the copy out loud to make sure I'm not going to trip over anything. There aren't any words I don't know. So I want to get it out of my mouth once before I ever go and think about recording it. And then I break it down into there's always a beginning, middle, and an end to copy, especially commercial copy. You want to hook them with the first information in the middle and then billboard and finish it off at the end. So I always find my A, B, and C are my beginning, middle, and end. And then I very simply figure out who am I talking to? Who am I in this particular instance? I mean, it's always me, but it might be me, the dog owner, talking to my friend. Even if I don't own a dog, I want to put myself in that position. And then I try to add a descriptor to that. How am I trying to get this across to my friend when I'm talking to them? Am I trying to entice them or calm them or reassure them or excite them? Whatever that may be, I want to put that descriptor on there and try to get that emotion through to them. Again, we're not selling dog food. We're selling this dog food is going to make your dog happy and then I'm going to play with my dog and it brings joy. So we're selling happiness. That's an awesome formula. It works. I can definitely see that being helpful to our listeners, for sure. And it makes it fun. It does. And it gives you purpose, right? It does. You're not just reading for the sake of reading. You have a goal. And obviously, the people who wrote this copy, they've got a goal. The people who want to produce this commercial, the brand has a goal. And at the end of the day, it is happiness, it would seem. A a long life of happiness for your dog. I feel like if you're reading to sell something, if I was doing that every day, dozens and dozens of times a day, every day... I would feel really, I don't know, just fake and put on. But when I'm reading to elicit an emotion or a feeling, it just goes a lot further. You really feel like you're connecting with people. And in a lot of cases, it's uh, something great like a product 
like this. Awesome. So we've got one more audition. Uh, let's play that. And then at the end, as we always do, we will pick a winner. And in fact, Eric will pick the winner. So without further ado, here is the last audition in this episode of Mission Audition. We feed our Rufus nature's special menu, all natural dog food. With no artificial colors or flavors, I know that we're treating him as well as he treats us. Nature's special menu, all natural dog food. Found in your major department store. So the styles and the job posting description said upbeat and energetic. Which that was not. <laughs> I'm going to start with the positives. Again, a very good voice print or voice style. It fits. It sounds like she could be a mom or a dog owner that has that, you know, kind of youngish feel. So the voice print is really good. But what I felt was she was just reading that off the page. Coaches will tell you this all the time. It's voice acting. So you do have to make that connection again. Here, there was really no connection being made. It was just, here's the information and do with it what you will. So it felt stiff. It just needed to be more connected. Back again to that same simple thing. Hey, I'm talking to my friend about this. And the audio uh, quality could have been better too. Again, that hollow sound. It's a killer. It really is. And how many auditions have we listened to? Five and three of them have had poor audio quality. And I hate to say it, but that ratio is pretty normal on the auditions that clients and account managers are listening to. So wow. if you find yourself, yeah. So if you find yourself auditioning a lot and not booking a lot of work, it's very likely that it's an audio quality issue and it's so easy to fix. YouTube or ask help from a coach. Absolutely. And both places, yeah, can really help you to make your efforts go farther and book work once you've nailed down that. It may feel like, okay, I can be a, a voiceover actor or actress, but I don't know the technical side. It scares me when it comes to working with my recording equipment or a sound booth or how I'm going to dampen the sound. These are actually very easy things to take care of. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't be scared by these things that we don't know. Like you just mentioned, those resources, they're everywhere. And a lot of them, they're very easy and inexpensive to implement. And there are some pros online that are more than happy to share their information and mm -hmm. help you out. Coaches, engineers, and a few things go a long way in improving your audio quality. Yeah, they really do. So true. One other comment that's different from what you are all saying, it has to do with uh, believability. And I, like you, Eric, did not feel that this this talent was really tapped into what they were saying. It was more of a, I'll read this to you and here's the information and uh, we'll have a nice day. Um, you know, like they didn't own a dog, I don't think. Yeah, right. <laughs> not that I do either. So it's not yeah. like I can relate on that level. But, but you know, like I would want to feel like this is coming from a place where I believe that you want what's best for Ruffles and, and you, or Rufus. Oh, look what has happened chips. to me. I do need <laughs> chips. We, we, we all know it's getting to be that time. It's chip time. So, um, but you know, like I, I wanted to connect with somebody and that's, that's the verb that you're using to connect, to feel like the, the emotion, the meaning, the power, the passion that has to be there because you've only got less than 30 seconds to do this. And, and on YouTube, if this is a pre-roll, you got six seconds. Yeah. So, you know, like you really got to think about what you're putting into those reads because uh, it's it's going to have to move the needle. And if your voice is not doing that, then you're not going to get hired. You asked me earlier too about process. And one thing I do when I decide that I'm actually going to send in a take, 
I won't do too many takes. If I do a read through and I like the first take, it goes in. But once I get to fourth, fifth, sixth take, it's not going to get any better. You're overthinking it. You're overdoing it. Mm -hmm. But what I will do before I submit an audition is I will use that word that you just used. Uh, And that's believability. So I'll listen to the audition that I did and say, do I believe me? And if my answer is no, I need to re-record that. But if I believe what I'm doing, then we're good. I think that's a great litmus test. Do I believe myself? Do I believe myself? And the tough part about auditions these days is you're your own director. And that's very difficult. In the old days, you would go into your agent and you would read and they had booth directors and they would adjust you because they knew what the clients wanted. They've been working with these clients for years and they could say, give me more of this, give me less of this, because that will give you the best chance to book. Now you have to interpret those specs and you have to do your best job of self-directing. And I would have to say, in this day and age, that is the toughest thing for any VO talent to do, whether you're a veteran or a newbie, is being able to direct yourself and not overdo it or underdo it. Not throw in an audition like the last one we just heard that was a th- kind of felt like a throwaway, but not go so far that you're just trying to make it 1% better and driving yourself crazy and doing 30 mm-hmm. takes. So directing yourself is... It's an art. It just comes with time. A learned skill. Yeah. So don't read the copy more than five or six times because it will only go, you know, from wherever it is to worse. Is that a fair assessment? That's that's how I feel, at least. I've never gone and done that sixth or seventh take and had it sound better than the second or third. I kind of feel like a lot of times when you get better and you become more of a pro, you can nail the first read. They call it a one read. But... Sometimes you need the one just to warm up. And then two and three are pretty solid. Maybe four, you find some gold, but more often than not, four, five, six, it starts going downhill. So don't overthink it. And think too, if you have trouble doing 15 seconds of copy for the audition, how hard is it going to be to book the job and then have to read five minutes of copy like that? That's a great point. All right. Well, I think we found ourselves at that time. We all know what time it is. It's time to now say who the winner of Mission Audition is. So, Eric, in can I get your a drum roll? vast knowledge. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Here we go. Here we go. And all right. lucky number four. Hey. Yeah. Congratulations, number four. Let's, let's hear it. We feed our Rufus nature's special menu all-natural dog food. With no artificials or flavors, I know that we are treating him as well as he treats us. Nature's special menu, all-natural dog food. Found in your major department store. Yeah, this was a guy that was nice and relaxed. His audio quality was great. I thought he connected well with the uh, demographics, with the listener. He has the right voice print, the right voice style. And he was just himself. He was talking to a buddy. And that's a good, solid read. That's uh, bookable. Yeah. That was awesome. Wow. Well, again, congratulations to our fourth auditioner. That was awesome. Um, we'd like to thank you for listening, but uh, we know that our, our guest is, is very special and we want to make sure that you can learn more about him or, or find out how to connect. So Eric, what is the best way for someone to learn from what you're doing in your career or, or maybe to, to throw you a tweet or a question after the fact? Yeah, you can find me online at ericvo.com. Very easy. That's my website. 
E-R-I-C-V-O.com. And remember, if you're new to the industry, yourvoices.com profile is a great web presence. Your URL is unique to you and you can share that with clients and they can hire you through your demos. And remember, you have 100 megabytes of space available to you, which is tons of demos. I know some people have over 50 demos on their profile, so you've got lots of room to showcase all the amazing voices you can do. Right. Well, that's the episode. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to continue listening to us wherever you are streaming this podcast. Yeah, we love being on this journey with you guys. Thanks for listening and happy auditioning. 